Welcome to another special release of the Reality Escape Pod. We are just a few weeks away from season four starting. However, PG and I were recently on Escape This Podcast with Danny and Bill, where we had a very good time doing some very naughty things. It was such a treat, literally. (laughs) Escape This Podcast is a podcast where it is a mix between an audio escape room and a role-playing game, and it was so much fun to play with you, David. We had a blast, and we were actually playing in person, which is why our mic didn't sound quite as crisp while we were recording then as we do right now. Escape This Podcast is one of our favorite podcasts to listen to. You can play along with all of their audio escape rooms. And if you want to run any of their games for your friends and family at home, this is the coolest part. They have released all of the scripts for their games with very detailed notes. It is on their website and it's all available for free. The episode that you are about to listen to is part four of five in a sequential story that is not at all Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But if it happened to be Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, we would be playing out sort of the Mike TV portion of the story. But it's not Willy Wonka at all. This is a super fun episode. I'm so excited for you guys to listen. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I highly recommend you go listen to all the other podcasts over at Escape This Podcast. And they have a lot of other projects, including Solve This Murder, which is kind of a murder mystery whodunit podcast. They have a Twitch stream, Play This Game. And Bill has also designed a few tabletop role-playing games. Uh, One of them is called Gateways, which I played with him on Twitch. And it was really fun. And it involves shenanigans with portals. That's all you have from us right now. We hope that you enjoy listening to this episode because we had a ton of fun with Danny and Bill recording it. Can't wait to launch season four. So stay tuned for that. Escape This Podcast, a show that's a mix between tabletop role-playing and escape room puzzles. This is episode four of our definitely not Willy Wonka-themed arc. It's it's legally distinct. And we've totally given this season a name. Yeah, look, there's a name. It's all being done in post. It's in the show. It's not Escape Roompa Loompa, so don't worry. It's a better name than that. Uh, this That's what's written on all my notes at the moment. We have been... Where, where are we at story-wise? We've got our golden ticket. We've murdered a small German child. That's a very strong word. Well, look, we facilitated the murder of a small German child. That's what I believe. Okay, that's what you believe, whatever. We have transmogrified a person into a fruit. This is true. We have sent someone down a rubbish hole, presumably to join the corpse pile with the other two (laughs) children. And who knows what terrible, terrible things our guests will do this episode. We do have guests every episode to play through one of Danny's escape rooms, her audio, imaginary, virtual, whatever word you like to addend, addend, append. AR, VR, QR. Yeah, Danny's QR escape room. We have two guests who you've you've heard them before on the show. And if you live in the escape room world, you've heard them constantly, I am sure. We have David Spira and PG Law. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Can't wait to uh, abuse some children, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> that's the tagline of our show. That's why we got you on, because we know <laughs> the kind of things that you enjoy. <laughs> so one of the things that I'm, I'm sure since its beginning, you've been on the show in some format, but one of the things that has changed, I, I believe, since we originally had you on is that the two of you now are working together, collaborating on Reality Escape Pod. Do you want to give, I'm sure, I'm sure you've done this before on our show, but for people who are listening to this as their first introduction to that podcast, would one of you like to give like a rundown of what you do on that show and what it's about? I don't think we've talked about this on here, but yeah, PG and I, we have created three seasons of the Reality Escape Pod. The fourth season is launching in the fall, and we have been interviewing 
creators of immersive games of all different types from all over the world. We have really in-depth conversations with them and kind of learn about who they are, what makes them tick, what makes the work that they do special. And it's it's been a really fun journey for us. Yeah, we focus on escape rooms, but not only escape rooms. So anything that is immersive gaming like LARPing, video games, things that are kind of like immersive theater, but with puzzles, anything adjacent. Survivor challenge designers. Yeah. That, mm. uh, so anything that we think would be inspirational and of interest for people who like escape rooms. And have you noticed like one underlying theme or one underlying personality trait or anything like that of everyone that you interview? Or is it everyone is completely different? There's no way of predicting. There's a lot of differences, but I would say that the big theme that I keep picking up on what makes these particular creators who we brought on who've been so fantastic, it's cross-pollination. It's people who are willing to take different mediums, different ideas, and kind of mash them together. And that kind of thinking is really at the root of what makes so much great immersive gaming. Hmm. I would say also the other thing that I've noticed is that a lot of these people lean into their limitations. Yeah. And they've been able to turn constraints into a design showcase. And one of my favorite examples of this is when we interviewed Barry Mead, who was one of the creators of um, The Room. You know, the those games sure, that are sure. on... Yeah, on uh, Apple. Uh, they're, on, they're everywhere. They're everywhere <laughs> now. But they're one of the first, like puzzle box type games and it's beautiful it's atmospheric and it turns out it's because he worked on this with his team and they all left a group together but they were all um technical artists they were environmental, environmental designers design artists oh, okay. and they could only afford to hire one programmer so he said <laughs> well because we could only afford to hire one programmer we made the entire rest of the room very dark so the whole room was very dark. <laughs> we couldn't afford to light anything besides the puzzle box in the very center, you know, mm. and but that's why it's so beautiful, but you can't see anything else. And, you know, and it was so funny. He's explaining how this game came about and it's all because of the limitations, but it's what became like the trademark style of the game. Yeah. And yeah, I, I really think that, that different forms of that story have come up from many of our guests. And it's, sometimes it's just like, yeah, we have this really weird building. What are we going to do with this weird building? Well, let's go and come, come up with something that turns the weird shape of this into something that's spectacular instead of something that we're apologizing for. Mm. I, I think that's a, a common theme in whether something's good or not is whether or not it's made specifically for its circumstances or for its you know, it's like when, when things, I know this happened a lot during the pandemic, when things had to move from real life events and real life things into digital spaces, you could often see quality as to whether or not they went, well, we're just going to take what we've got and going to make it digital. And we're just going to digitize what we've got or where they went, oh, we have a, a, we're now trying to make something in the digital space. What do we need to adjust or fix because of these new circumstances that we're in? Building specifically is always seems to get the best uh, results. Couldn't agree more. Shall we go into our standard starting two questions? We shall. We shall. Ah. We shall. This is an escape room podcast, and obviously you have a lot of escape room experience. Is there anything new or different in your personal escape room experience? PG, would you like to start? I will say, so I just came back from a trip to Europe. I played mm. a ton of escape rooms, and I will say... I played an experience that's not quite an escape room. It's not really a haunt. It's called Stay in the Dark. It's located in the Netherlands, created by Dark Park. And it takes place in a giant four-story abandoned chemical factory. Oh, oh wow. And right. it's the most terrifying thing I have ever I'm, done I'm in terrified my entire already. life. You, you go down the steps. You start off. You descend down to this dark basement. It goes on forever. There's, you know, the lights are flashing overhead and you're basically being chased through this by, oh. you know, some deranged killer for two hours while solving some rudimentary puzzles. And thank God they didn't make them any harder because <laughs> I'll have forgotten everything. It was just the most exhilarating thing I've ever done in my life. So 
uh, that for me, that was something that's kind of escape room adjacent, but really different. I'd never done it before. And um, I, it, it was so much fun, though. Yeah. I, I recommend everybody go try this. I never will. I, I, <laughs> I prefer to re- retain my sanity and not become a blubbering mess. Uh, and uh, David, what about you? Anything fun and new in your escape room life? I just hit 1,000 escape rooms played. That's oh, too wow. many. It's too many. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> to be totally honest, it's, it's, it's a little excessive. I, I, I question my, my decisions. But yeah, it's, it's been a fun journey. Not quite ready to hang up the, uh, the hat, but yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. The game I'm really excited about right now is my copy of The Light in the Mist by Rita Orlov of Post Curious. Oh my God, it's oh, yes. fantastic. It's yeah. a, it, this is a masterpiece. It, it just arrived. I've already played it, and I think I'm going to play it again probably with some people who haven't. Ooh. But it's a tarot deck with custom art. It's, the art is gorgeous. And the puzzles are embedded in the art and in the cards. And it has a beautiful story that ties it all together. And the cool thing about this is that if you just want to own a tarot deck, cool. You can just buy it and it's a nice tarot deck. <laughs> if you just want to solve puzzles, you can solve all the puzzles, ignore all the story, whatever. If you just want to read the story and take it in, you can do that. It's kind of... You make it what you want, and each piece of it really is beautiful. And the finished product is just—it's just really nice. And so it's—it's been—it's sitting on the table in front of me, and I'm very excited about it. That's super cool. I've seen things about that all over the internet, and people raving about it. We should get it. Mm. Read is the real deal. So then the other aspect of the show is it's escape rooms mixed with sort of tabletop role-playing. Do you have any changes in your tabletop role-playing experience? Anything new and fun going on in that aspect of the world? Uh, David, do you want to start this time? Yes and no. Um, but yeah. I, <laughs> Clean and simple. <laughs> no, I, I don't have a D&D group at the moment. I haven't really done a lot of role-playing recently but i have done quite a bit in the past and uh yeah just always excited to go and inhabit a character especially one who is looking to murder children yes you gotta get you gotta get used to it now get ready <laughs> it's like Start rolling it's a up your stats. air quotes <laughs> yeah yeah a character very much unlike me who wants to murder children in a factory i'd never do that <laughs> And PG, anything fun and new? People who have been listening to our uh, our break between seasons would have heard you again playing Gateways, which you did last year with me on, on Twitch. Uh, but is there anything else fun going on in your tabletop role-playing life? No, I think the last couple of times I've played, I've actually been with you. We did the mm. Gateways stream and then we played, um, gosh, that was like almost two years ago now that we did the Arium stream, which yes, I love. Yes, Arium over on Level 1 Geek, which, yeah, it was great fun. I've been trying to get David to play Arium. It's it's fantastic. I'm down. <laughs> oh, look at that. We've done it. We've we've made a there match. Has, there games. has been no impediment to this situation. Yeah. <laughs> you can play it right now. What I liked about the Arium system was actually the world building part. Mm. Uh, and in fact, I think his tagline is like, you know, world building is play. And and yes. I, I like the system that they use for creating a world. And I always think like, you know, I could use this and create a fantastic narrative for an escape room. It's probably better than like 80% of what's out there currently. Just, mm. you know, the way they they have their whole world build, building system and it's done in like two hours. Yeah, I didn't think I would be into that style. But every time I hear a stream of one like that, I really enjoy it. Yeah. And I think you're right in terms of it being play. Like it is, it is not just here's the thing we're going to do before we then start the actual game. It is like you can do a session that is making the world together and it feels like its own game. It is just like, oh, we're doing this. We're kind of... And also it does feel like something you could take to a business meeting be like, instead of making a world, we're going to make a new plan of implementing this new tech on all it. And you just be like, great, do it this way. And it's fun and it's collaborative and interesting. Yeah, the more we go into it, the longer we've been doing this and the more different RPGs I see, the more comfortable I get. It's always been a bit weird with this podcast and this show that we make saying, yeah, it's like t- escape rooms meets tabletop role-playing games. It, it is a tabletop role-playing game. Yeah. And the longer we go, yeah. the more comfortable I am just saying, yeah, it's very different to the Dungeons & Dragons style ones. That's okay. It still counts. Mm. It does. Well, in saying that, why don't we get into it? If it oh, counts, yeah, right. If you that... think it counts, Danny, why don't you prove it yeah. by running a room right now? <laughs> 
It's just an RPG where I have a lot of control, a lot of pre-written material, and I get to say no a lot more. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think we're good to get going. Are you two ready? You got pen and paper or note-taking devices? We do. Let's do this. Yeah, let's get going, Danny. At this point on the tour, there are half as many of you as when it began. And as Vivian and Carla have all come to unfortunate ends. Well, you know, not ends, because they're not dead, Billy. <laughs> but they're certainly no longer in the running for Matthew Martin's secret contest, and that's all that counts. You are more than halfway towards winning. You'd expect the other two remaining contenders, Mike and Chan, to be a little more nervous. Three kids have been taken out. You'd think they'd have figured out this place is a death trap by now. But they're still happy? Drinking in Matthew Martin's every word. And when you're led into the next room, they ooh and ah in exactly the way he wanted them to. You're all business, so you don't make a sound. In fact, you frown. Because why does a chocolate factory need a room with a giant laser? Because, yeah, that's, that's indeed the main feature of this stark white lab-like room. In the very center, there is a big round day... Da- Yep, I did this to myself. Day, dais, day, dais. It's just making two syllables. Dais. I can't say it like that. Dais. In the very center is a big round dais, at which the laser is pointed. Where's the laser? Where, where, where is the laser like mounted? I put it sort of just to the right, but it doesn't matter too much. In the upper left of the room is a table with a TV on it. In the lower left is a stack of goggles piled up on the floor. In the upper right is a computer mounted on the wall. And in the lower right, right there on the floor, there's an ordinary Maddie Martin brand chocolate bar and a massive Maddie Martin brand chocolate bar. Also, there's something weird going on with the ceiling. Funny lights are dancing about up there. They sort of remind you of when your computer at home messes up and shows a bunch of scrambled pixels. We're in the TV room. Mike TV? Uh, his name is Mike Watson, actually. Thank you, Patreon donor Mike Watson. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all milk and sugar here, says Matthew Martin cheerfully. We also have to undertake serious scientific research in order to attain our goals. Right now, we're working on using high-powered laser technology to be able to transport chocolate bars from right here all the way to your own television set at home. He explains a bit more. Chan is nodding along politely. Mike, absolutely enthralled. It's like this is the greatest thing he's ever heard. Now I know what you're thinking. You're hoping for a demonstration where we zap a giant piece of chocolate and it appears like magic as a regular-sized bar on that TV over there. But we've switched off the machine for the moment. So while you're in here, there's absolutely no chance anybody could jump in the way of the laser beam and have anything bad happen yeah, to- I, I volunteer, says Mike. He just bursts out. And Matthew Martin just stares at him blankly. For what? I want to teleport into the TV. <laughs> oh, if only. I don't think you're quite the right test subject for something so new and advanced. Well, enjoy yourselves in here for a moment. I've got some work to handle in my office. And he leaves. You look at the laser, and you look at Mike. He looks hugely insulted at being dismissed like that. If you think, if you just have any niggling ideas, that this little science project in here is a good opportunity to get this kid out of the way, you actually don't think he'd object too much. I put my arm around Mike, and I'm like, hey, you shouldn't let your dreams die, buddy. You gotta (laughs) love them. Thank you. God, that's what I keep telling my parents. Let your dreams die, son. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you are free. All right, so we got to beam him into the TV, huh? Yep, I've already put on a pair of goggles. (laughs) So you ran over to the stack of goggles. You picked up a random one. They seem like perfectly normal, polarized sort of goggles. They're not quite VR, not quite welding, somewhere in between. Makes sense. You don't know exactly what the laser's going to shoot out and what eye protection you'd need. You do notice as you have picked up your nice, clean pair of goggles, most of them look exactly the same. There are two pairs that stand out a little bit. One of them on the floor has some dirty-looking markings on one of the lenses, and another one has both lenses tinted a slightly different shade to all of the other pairs of goggles. 
I have my regular goggles on my face, and the other mm-hmm. two are on my are, are on top of my head. This is fair. Just in case I need them. It's like the parents who need bifocals but refuse to pay for them, so they just have two small <laughs> pairs. No, that's it. Plus sunglasses. All right, so we've got one pair with tinted lens and one with strange symbols on them. Yes. Okay. What I put on the tinted lens, I've put on the tinted lens ones. Uh, you, oh, so you took them off my head? I've, I've snatched them off of your head. <laughs> I believe uh, canonically you are probably one person. You only got the one golden ticket. I think you're sharing oh. a body in this one. Okay, cool. We put on the tinted lens and we look up at the pixels. Does that do anything? You put on these specially different tinted goggles. Again, it just feels like wearing polarized sunglasses. Everything in the room goes kind of gray-green. You look up at the pixels. Their shade is a little bit different, but no, you can still see them. That still seems fine. And You look around the room. You don't see any hidden writing show up or anything. Nothing seems different. All right, maybe we'll have to turn on the computer or the TV first. We swap them out and just take a closer look at those symbols. Can we get anything out of that? When you're looking at the symbols from this way, they look sort of jagged, a couple of curves. You aren't totally sure, but when you flip them around as if you are putting them on and looking at them, suddenly they look a little bit more intentional. They seem like they make a hint more sense. That said, some spots are conspicuously blank, and you suspect that these markings were made with not-so-permanent ink, and someone's errant fingers have gone along them and wiped some bits away. But here's what you do see. So for people at home, you can see this image in the show notes below. But PG, would you like to describe what you are seeing for the people who are listening? Uh, they look like letters. The upper half of letters. The uh, Yeah, they look like letters of which you can only see the top half of them looks like it might be hr osha i thought it was saying up up maybe maybe don't know yet l twee e i don't know we'll we're gonna have to find the rest of this this is the spanish room ocha el tui (laughs) (laughs) okay um let's uh let's try to go turn on that tv Okay. I was going to go for the chocolate, but you know. Oh, well, of course you're going to go for the chocolate. (laughs) Which brain will win? The hungry half or the TV half? I feel like David's appetite for chocolate is going to win. So It it is. How did you know? Yes. (laughs) All right. Are you going to go for the small sensible chocolate bar or the massive chocolate bar? No. Let me tell you, the last time I went to get ice cream with David, he was like, let me get the chocolate ice cream with the chocolate fuzz rib, fudge ribbon and the chocolate chips, like all the chocolates. So, yeah, so big. So basically the big bar. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is impossible to overstate how ridiculous this chocolate bar is. It is about as long as you are tall. If you melted it, you could bathe in it quite comfortably. <laughs> what a mess. This is the dream. <laughs> is it not? That's good. Look, David, even you couldn't eat this in one setting. And... You have had some days. (laughs) You can't see the chocolate itself. It's all covered in foil and wrapper, but you examine it as best you can. And as far as you can tell, it's just an ordinary Maddie Martin bar in every aspect other than size. You take a look, you read the label. Woo, boy, that nutritional information panel. Yikes. (laughs) Big. (laughs) Not only is the amount of chocolate in this horrifying, you're no dietitian, but some of this seems a little insane, and you think they must have adjusted the numbers for, like, well, this is a giant chocolate bar, so only a giant would be eating it, therefore, here's what would be acceptable for a giant. Because what you read is, advised daily intake in calories, 75,628. <laughs> I think we need to write that number down. <laughs> okay. Um... Maybe we should take a look at the smaller chocolate bar, you know, for normal people. That's almost a relief, but you know what? A little bit disappointing now as well how normal this one is. It's a nice, perfectly packaged square one. It's like any you might have found on the shelf at Sarah's shop back home. Significantly less ridiculous than the giant one next to it. How pedestrian. Hmm, quite. Anything interesting on the nutritional panel there? Annoyingly, on a bar this small, you've always had a problem with the brand in this regard. The writing is too small. You can't actually make it out very clearly. It feels like that should be illegal. 
<laughs> it does. All right. Well, let's just, we'll pick that up and start snacking on it as yeah. we make our way around the room. Yeah, I'm into it. Absolutely. You pick up the small bar, you start unwrapping it. It's a bit more brittle than you expect. Wait a second. You peel the corner of the foil back and that's not a chocolate bar at all. It's a remote control. Why? Mm, how oh. exciting. Remote you chew control. on it and it's plastic. Okay. All right, okay. well, let's let's go excavate a chunk of chocolate from the giant bar. Yeah. That yeah. that works. It You can't get your mouth around any of it. It's too thick for you to break, but you can, like, scrape your teeth along the corner of it. Okay, like a squirrel. Just, exactly. like, gnaw on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, we take our, our chocolate curls and the remote, and let's uh, let's go turn the TV on. Yep, let's do it. Absolutely, you can now. It's a very old school TV. It's not even a flat screen. So it's only like 20 inches across, but thick. Curiously, the screen also divots in a bit more than you expected. It's relatively concave and there are no buttons anywhere as far as you can see, but that's okay. You've got a remote. You use your totally not chocolate remote. You turn it on. It just appears on channel, let's say one and it's completely blank. Nothing is happening on channel one. There is no TV reception, nothing else going on. You do a quick flick around all the channels. What's a what's a normal number of TV channels? The 10,000 if you're in America. Okay, you flip quickly, <laughs> quite briskly through 10,000 channels. They all seem the same. They all look blank. You don't hear any sound that, that coming from That does sound like TV. <laughs> um, what if we put on the goggles? Do we see anything then? Annoyingly, no. It doesn't change okay. anything. Okay. Mosey on over to the computer. Do some leet hacks or stuff. <laughs> the computer is wired up, you see now, to the laser. So, presumably, this feels like a good place to go to get things activated. You look this machine up and down. Bit retro. It's got a separate tower sitting on the floor under the monitor. And, oh, it's got a floppy disk drive. And look, maybe your memory of floppy disks has been warped a bit over the years. You thought that they were kind of flat and narrow, but this disk drive, uh, it's the normal width. It's almost an inch high, like you could stick a whole stack of floppy disks in there at once. Oh, a tape backup. You press the on button and so far so good. Computer boots up uh, and it shows you a password screen, which you are going to see. Uh, is this the Passwords are so anti-fun. All right. Again, for people at home, you can see this image in the show notes. Uh, David, would you like to describe what you see for the people at home? Yeah, yeah it looks uh, sort of like a green, almost like a DOS prompt. Um, there's f uh, five little boxes that are white down the left side. In text, it reads, laser operation, please enter password. And then there are four blanks. So we need a password. And we should probably take a look at the laser and that table and just get the lay of the land there. I feel like I feel like this is going to be our friend. You turn around, you take a look at this laser. You do not know a huge amount about lasers. <laughs> you can't extract any specific details about this thing, but damn right, it's a giant laser. It's pointed right at the dais. <laughs> to say dais. <laughs> at the dais. <laughs> And there are a few wires connecting up to the computer. The bulk of the body, as far as you can tell, much like the rest of the room, smooth, white, unmarked. Can I go back to the computer and just lift the keyboard? Take a look underneath it. Oh, I thought you said lick the keyboard. Going, <laughs> you know I what? Mean, I can't we can argue do with that. that. Too. It might be chocolate. <laughs> not the first time that would have been true in this adventure. Uh, you do not see anything under the keyboard. When you lick it, it tastes like other people's fingers. <laughs> <laughs> COVID, here we come. <laughs> oh, but they're chocolate people's fingers, so that's just chocolate. Everyone's oh, fingers taste delicious. like chocolate in this factory. <laughs> okay, and the dais. The dais is circular. It's about two feet high, sitting right in the center of the room. Its upper flat surface is completely white, and the curved side, almost the same, but there is one small section that has a pattern on it. Again, people at home, you can see the uh, picture in the show notes. Would you, what if you like to describe what it is you're seeing? It's the bottom half of our previous message. Well, it's not quite. It, it might not be. I mean, so it's very similar to the symbols that we had on the goggles, 
where it's basically we're only seeing the bottom half of a series of letters, but they don't necessarily do they match up? They don't necessarily feel like they match up. You do recall that the goggles looked like they had been wiped in some places at some point. So it is entirely possible. It's not a full 100% match. So we don't have the, the top of the first is it letter. Turn? Yep. Turn. T U R N. And then there's half of this. I maybe or? Maybe I. And it's O C. And that's almost certainly an H A N N. Two N's? I think so. But those both look like the lower portion of an N. And then. It is funny when you're doing ones like this, where some letters, when you see, like, you see the bottom half of an A. There's no doubt yeah. that that's an A, right? There's like no that doubt. couldn't be. What could the top of that letter do that that is not going to be an A? And I think N feels the same. Yeah, depends on the font. Does but... depend on the font. So I, yeah. I reckon you can be pretty comfortable in those Ns. Um, and then F maybe or E. It could be E or F. That could be an I and L. Also, if this does become a pain, depending on how you're looking at it, we do have an image that has both of them on it. Oh, that's I, would, no I would happily take that. We were almost there, though. But uh, then it looks like T-W-E. This is going to I think it's... 12? 12. Yeah, I think it's going to be 12. Turn? What was that? And it took... Mocha? No. Turn to channel 12. Oh, there you go. 12. There you go. Good job. Okay. Yeah, looking at the two together, obviously there are a few missing. You don't know what that first letter is because it could have any top. The H is clearly going to be an H. There's some gaps that it, where there's no letters at all. But yeah, turn to channel 12. Seems like the best fit. possible fit. Feels good. Let's do that. I, click, I, I pick up the remote and uh, click that thing to channel 12. Great. And out of your 10,000 channels, you're pretty sure you didn't skip channel 12 before. So you go back to it and it's true. It's just as blank as all the other channels. It takes an intolerably long time for anything to happen. You're not surprised that you missed it. It takes about a hundred seconds before something happens. And then some words appear. It says, television synced to power level 16. Great. Hmm. That sounds lasery. You've done something. Power level 16, you say? It's no 9,000, but it might do. Okay. We can work with power level 16. Okay. So now we still need the password for the computer. I was really hoping that those letters were going to give us the password. Yeah. I'm going to put the tinted goggles back on and just take a look at that, that channel 12 and at the computer now that it's on and just make sure that things are as they seem. It does not do anything. The TV looks exactly the same. And, and the same for the computer? Yeah. Okay. Stupid Good talk. Goggles. <laughs> <laughs> Where have we not looked? Have we looked? Do we need to look at the door? <laughs> yeah, like many of the rooms you've noticed in this factory, wherever the hell the door went, you can't tell. It's just sort of vanished into the wall for the moment. It'll come back when Matthew Martin wants it to. <laughs> just in a giant egg, I see. Hmm. Yes. Okay. So... What we have, we have a giant chocolate bar, the TV remote. We have a couple of different goggles. We've used the symbols on one. The other we haven't used yet. We have the 75,628 calories on <laughs> the obscene chocolate bar. We've got channel 12 set and we need a password. Yes. Okay. We've still got pixels floating over the dais. Yeah, so what if we look up at those pixels and kind of move around the room? Can we get kind of, you know, does anything form in terms of alignment if we're standing in other places? Not really. It's hard to describe exactly what this looks like. Your eyes have trouble focusing on them. It's like floaters in your eyes, except they definitely have color. They're very angular. They're bouncing off each other, but not really touching anything. It's definitely just light in some form not like any natural normal light you can't just, make like, out what's going on if we unfocus our eyes a little bit it doesn't suddenly form you see into a picture a of a shape. ship sailing <laughs> on the ocean it's, it's not a ship it's a schooner <laughs> 
Have we checked the table that the TV is on? You have not checked the table that the TV is on. Okay, let's let's go and do that. Yeah, as far as you can tell, just from staring at it. Regular cheap plastic table, and it has a TV on it. Nothing under it. Oh boy, there is definitely something under it. Good thing you checked. There's something written under there. So again, for people at home, you can see what's written on the table yourself, but otherwise, PG will describe to you exactly what you see. There is a list, and the first one says Piper. Underneath that, it says Pastries. And then Holes So Deep. Under that, it says Places. And then it says, jokes so bad you'll weep. And it looks like a post-it. Or like a slice of American cheese. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I need to search for more things. Yeah, like... (sighs) Because also, we're looking for a four-digit password, and there's five entries here. There's five items here. So I don't think that this is going to solve to our password. I really want to activate this computer because I really, really want to beam this kid into that TV. Vision And make him disappear. Yeah, my, Mike himself, he's just getting frustrated with waiting. He's standing on the dais. He's jumping up and down. Send me, send me, please. I want to go through the sky. <laughs> I mean, that's not what he's like. If he's anything like his character, it should be, Hey, send me! Pow, 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 pow! Whoa, yeah! Send me! I want to go through space! I'm the coolest kid in the world! The weird part is he's also not like that. He's the science kid. Yeah, he's actually very cool. He's possibly, he's I think best. he's the best character in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. He's a little abrasive, sure. But he wants to be a pioneer. Yeah, he's not doing it because he's a uh, weirdo. He's doing it because, like, this is important technology. Mm. Also, as far as I am aware, like Veruca and Violet, they butt heads a lot. Yeah, no one like no one hates Mike TV. No, Mike doesn't. He's a cool kid. Yeah, he doesn't. I mind. think that uh, I think that Augustus Gloop is deeply underappreciated. Like that kid is just <laughs> the most honest kid. He knows what on he the wants. planet. Yeah. yeah. And what was his what was his flaw? It's like welcome to the room where you can eat everything. I'm gonna eat this thing. Whoa, kid! Exactly. What are you exactly. doing? Like, when I, I said you could eat everything, I didn't mean the one thing that's really clearly going to taste, like the, the big delicious chocolate river. Why would you think you could eat the chocolate river? I said you could eat the chocolate flower. Oh, okay, man. <laughs> Maybe be yeah. more specific in your critiques in the future. Yeah. I think that, that Augustus got a raw deal and uh, justice for Augustus. He also gets fewer lines than his mum. <laughs> True. Ridiculous. The only, I, I'm sure he like introduces himself to Willy Wonka, but all I remember is he won the golden ticket. How does that make you feel? Hungry. (laughs) (laughs) And then his dad eats the microphone. (laughs) What a good movie. What a good movie, everybody. As much as I love that movie and I have not seen it in ages, I'm actually just totally content having Danny recap it for me. (laughs) This is a service. In fact, tell you what, people listening, if you become a $50 patron... Uh, you go, Danny will call you up and just tell you about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> just send us a message, take her up on the offer. She'll just spend a while telling you all about that movie. Um, I would listen to an entire podcast of her just recapping this movie. <laughs> like a limited series. Oh, man, podcasting is easy. Why are we wasting our time easy. writing stuff? You don't need to design rooms. You just talk about Willy Wonka. <laughs> Were you, were you trying to index? I was trying to, yeah. So I was, I was trying to index our 7,528 calories into our list. Word. But uh, that plan failed immediately because our first word, Piper, is only five letters. So I can't index in seven. Damn. True. Yeah, that tried. was a good thought. I know, that I know. I, I felt really good. Can we take a look under the dais? It is attached to the floor. There is nothing to look at under it. I think at this point, unfortunately, you have looked at everything. So Because I was about to start crawling around. I'm like, now we need to start looking under everything. Yeah, so now yeah. We're, we're at the point where we can only blame <laughs> yeah, it myself. It's like you just scroll through images until one of them seems helpful. Yeah. Oh, you know, so, so we do have five dots. We do have the five dots here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Laser operation, please enter password. So we're talking about the um, where it says laser password. Uh, there are five dots on that. And then this list also has five dots as well. So it, they're clearly related. Yeah. 
Definitely agree on the clear relationship here. What are we going to do about it, though? How on earth could this leave you with a four-letter password? A four-letter password? Yeah. Or digits. <laughs> or asterisks. Maybe it's just asterisks four times. I'm so used to saying password means it's letters and passcode means it's numbers. I forgot that computers don't do that. True. <laughs> Okay, totally content to go and squeeze a little bit of extra information out of you. That's, that's PG specialty. <laughs> Our guests come on and they're like, I'm working on a thing. I shouldn't tell anyone about it. And by the end, PG has got them telling us everything. <laughs> <laughs> Relentless. Um, okay. I don't know that that's really helped us. I feel like I've jumped on it like a, like a lifeline, but I don't know that that, is, that has actually told us anything. We've made a couple of steps in the right direction. We just need to make, I think, one or two more. So Piper and Pastries, they both start with P. So what, well, I, what, I, I, what I was just doing was I was counting, because I noticed we had the number two in, the, in, in, that, in our calories, and we have the word so, but I, again, don't have a seven-letter word here. I was wondering if we might be able to find like unique, unique words that match those and turn it into a different message, but that did not work. Yeah, and I had written them on top of each other. I don't know why. Like, that was going to give me something going downwards. Um, And it's like, is it going to resolve to an actual word? Is it going to resolve to random letters? I think it's going to resolve to a word. Is it like, do we have to find the common thing? Is there a common theme? There are multiple common letters. So a a well is is a hole that's a very deep. Okay. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm grasping at straws here. Yeah, it can. Uh, these, no, are good, these are good conversations. Away. <laughs> so because, because it's strange that we are looking for a four-letter password, and yet we have five items. So it may not be that we're extracting, say, one letter from an yeah. item. It may be that we are just, it's there more may, meta than that. There may be a four-letter word that encompasses all five of these things. Yes, it may be something more conceptual. Okay. Rather I'm, than like a code or something, maybe. I'm on board with maybe. this. Maybe. I don't I, know. I'm, 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 I'm on board with this. Um, I, I feel like Lisa would be better at this than me. I know. <laughs> so, okay. So I'm just going to start throwing out some associations. If, you know, like a pied piper. Pied pastries. Okay. Is this a chain? Are we chaining this here? That, maybe. Maybe. Pastries. Donuts have holes. Don- I don't. Donuts have I- holes. <laughs> I, I I cannot tell if we're onto something or we just are going to look back on this and be like, oh wow, we sound like crazy conspiracy theorists. <laughs> we have nothing. <laughs> we have nothing else to go on besides just this list. So hmm. yeah, that looks like cheese. So Piper to pastry. So Piper, pie. Piper is pie. So let's just write down what we ha- like what we're thinking. So pie, then donut, then I don't know a well. Is that a uh, it's, it's a place? Just keep in mind that they say pastries and holes plural. Donuts. Well, I think we're, we're we want to try and make the jump to places now from donuts. It doesn't have to be from donuts. Uh, or, okay. Yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, a don't, a don't nut. Is this, is this, is this, is this a nunnery? Is this? <laughs> cut, cut this. <laughs> I, I think we, we cracked this case wide open. Here, joke so bad you'll, joke so bad you'll weep. <laughs> you, win, you win. We've done it. You win. You, you, you've made us all My weep. boy, you've won. <laughs> <laughs> you, you lose. You get nothing. Good day. <laughs> oh, God. I was really hoping that was it. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's back up to donut places. Okay, so Pie Piper, Pie, 
is pastry. This is much more your type of puzzle than mine, so I'm 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 relying on you. Oh my god, um, I'm, I'm working on it, but I, I I think that you have better odds of getting this than I do. We need something that'll relate to a joke that's really bad. What's a bad joke? Puns. Puns are puns are generally like the butt of the absolutely of the, of the jokes. I mean, do we want to just? I'm, I just go with the computer and punch puns in just to see what happens. It does not work. Okay. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> oh, I see. Because you're thinking the the final thing that we'll yeah, because it was, and it was four letters, so I like yeah, figured I'd roll the dice on it. Yeah, but yeah. then we wouldn't have needed all the other stuff. Well, it would have just been the one. <laughs> this could just be the destination we're getting to. The word is the password, or there's an extra layer of extraction from the from the words we're deri- deriving on the way. It could it could go either way on it, but. Yeah, so the last word that you were thinking was puns. And what was the first one you were thinking again? Pied. Mm. Cool. Are we are we are we on the right track with pied and donuts? Why are you interested in pied and why are you interested in donuts? We were trying to jump down the list and because we have five items and if we interconnect them all, then we end up with four items and we need yeah. four letters. That's mm-hmm. that's sort of my my thinking. And you're connecting them sort of like thematically, like something that comes between. Yes. Yes, like pied kind of relates piper and pastries because a pie is a pastry, I guess. Pies. Um, Are we transforming no, one no, letter? No, pied piper is pie. Is, yeah, is, is, but pastry would be pies. Are we transforming one letter as we go down the ladder? Oh, shoot. Yes, that's exactly what we're doing. Places could be, maybe these all need to have P's. Places could be like, I don't know, if we're thinking like like apps, like pins. We just did, we just just went through a whole lot of nonsense to go and make this into a word ladder. (laughs) Yes, so we end up with puns. We've brought shame to our house. (laughs) (laughs) We got there, And, and and David, you were right with pins. Great. (laughs) <laughs> yes, so that should be pins. So then um, this would. Well, no. Have I made the? Have I made one leap too far? We need to figure out one more. We need holes so deep. The P is the same. The I is the same. The S is the same. So it's got to be changing this third letter. Yeah. Why can't I think of any words? I'm feeling pits. Pits. There we go. Uh, wow interestingly i did not have pins as the one for places i'm I'm not tech savvy enough for that Mm, okay so it's not pins is it puts is it p-u-t-s i mean it's got to be what else could it if it's not pins it's got to be puts yeah to place something somewhere you put it somewhere okay we have gotten here eventually right we got some words Okay, so... Is it the letter that changes? That's what I'm thinking. So S, T, U, uh, N. N. Stun. Ah! You set lasers to stun. (laughs) Nice. All right, go to the computer. Yes. Punching that in. S, T, U, N, and password is accepted. Engage. Oh my god. <laughs> it gets easier from here. I was so it was I'll talk about the post show, but hearing pied like pies, so donuts was really hard. <laughs> <laughs> it made perfect sense. I, in I my could head. see it. I could see how it made sense. Like pied is like pies, so pies must be donuts. And I oh it got because it because it connected the holes, it made perfect sense, but it was so hard. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about the post show. The password, <laughs> stun, is accepted. Brief loading screen, and then it opens up into the laser operation menu. There are three options available to you. Off, which is the one currently selected, safe mode, and active. And when you highlight the different modes, it gives you a brief description of them. Off, probably as you'd expect, zero power to the laser, nothing's happening. Active is full laser functionality, and safe mode is... Able to complete any in-progress transferals, but not start any new ones. Any in-progress? Well, hmm. That's a curious set of uh, options. 
Let's go and um, ask our friend to go and sit on this table. Mike will sit wherever you want. I assume that's the friend. It's not the yeah. dark chocolate oh, yeah. bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mike will sit wherever you tell him to. Let's go and just turn that on to active mode. Active? You still- you're not going to start with... Why don't we start with safe mode? I want to go full power, but you know... Why wait? <laughs> This, this 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 is clearly a man who doesn't have children. Well, not. <laughs> uh, okay, you want to go full active? No, that's totally fine. You absolutely, you go straight to active mode. Why waste any time? You press it, and an error message pops up. Active mode currently non-functional. It See, says. I knew if we were going and doing something we couldn't do, then you know Danny wasn't going to let us do it. <laughs> Then a little text box appears, and it says, how do I fix my laser? <laughs> oh, a helper wizard. Does it, have, does it have a little paper clip? It looks like you're trying to kill a kid. <laughs> Would you like some help? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's switch it to safe mode. Cool. All right. You ignore the how do I fix yeah. my laser button, and you go to safe mode. You toggle on safe mode. going full dad mode on this. We're not reading that manual. Yeah, screw that. <laughs> you... Toggle on safe mode. That one works. Computer accepts it. Safe mode on, the screen says. Note that at least four energy inputs must be active. Okay, great. So you've got the laser at least partially working, uh, except it's still not doing anything. It's not even humming. Energy inputs. I have a feeling this has to do with our stars. What stars? The the sparkly star-like things over our heads. The pixels. Mm. All right. I guess is it time to read the manual now? <laughs> yeah, I guess we're doing that. Let's go <laughs> take a look at Clippy. <laughs> All right. Safe mode back off. Active mode back on. Again, error. Active mode currently non-functional. Little text box. How do I fix my laser? You click it. New text box appears. I won't tell. That would be cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. You kick the computer tower and just glare at it for a while. Can we unplug it and plug it back in? Now all the cables for the computer are inside the wall. All right. What if we go and haul that giant chocolate bar? We get, we get Mike to help us haul the chocolate bar onto the table. Okay, but it better not take up any of my transfer TV power. <laughs> we can have him ride the chocolate bar. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds fun. I can do that. Um, okay. So we still have our goggles that are polarized. Let's go and take a look around at those again. You put on the goggles, and now that you have been messing around with the computer to this extent, you see the laser itself is a little different now. Now they work. The one time I don't think to check them. (laughs) So you go back over to the laser, and something on its body is glowing, You approach, there is a holographic display projecting on here. Your attempt at turning on the laser must have actually activated this. Yes. You pull up your goggles and it's completely gone. So these goggles are specifically made for this display. And it looks like it's an interactive light display. And we're going to see what I think is the final image. David, would you like to describe this for the people at home who are listening in? Yeah, it, uh, it looks like a pie. A pie chart. But also a donut. It's sort of a pie donut. It does. It kind of looks a bit like a pie and a donut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How weird. Um, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a circle cut up like a pie, but the middle is, is kind of hollowed out. And uh, starting at noon and moving around, they are filled with numbers. Three, then seven, then two. That one is glowing. Then five, then 11, which is also glowing. Eight then four, which is glowing, nine, which is glowing, and then in the middle, in purple, is the number 26. And I think we're doing something that's like a magic square here where we're going to have to get numbers to add up to 26 in some way. Now, this sounds like a puzzle for you. Okay. (laughs) I'm glad I got to do the word puzzle, and now you can do the math puzzle. (laughs) So, I mean, math puzzles are like my kryptonite, which is you know, fitting considering that it's actually glowing. This, the, the <laughs> yeah, letters, it's glowing the green like kryptonite. <laughs> yeah, they do look radioactive. <laughs> yeah, so 9, 4, 11, and 2 do add up to 26. Uh-huh. Okay. And those are the four numbers that are currently glowing. Yeah, so my guess is that we can go and change these numbers and make them add up to something different. 
power level 16 was what we had before. So are you thinking we need to add up to 16? Yeah. So the 11 and the 5? I think we need four numbers. Oh, yeah, because I said needs four energy input. Yeah. See, Billy, people can listen. <laughs> Not me. Okay. <laughs> so um, two, three, four, and seven, I believe, are going to add up to 16. So we go in that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So remembering, of course, that those things that said you need at least four energy things activated, that was in safe mode. So probably worth going back to the computer, just putting it back definitely into safe mode. Okay, we did that. And then going back, you get rid of the 11 and the 9. You get rid of the 11, the power level in the middle immediately goes down to 15. Get rid of the 9, goes down to 6. So you add in the 3 and the 7 makes 16 as soon as the number in the middle changes to 16 the laser starts humming it vibrates with life just the way you imagined it would mike is sitting in the middle of the room he's looking really excited really anticipatory builds up it builds up you're glad you've got goggles on because you don't know what's going to happen then flash can't see a thing for a second pew pew and immediately that's gone everything's back to normal the laser falls silent. Quick glance to the computer screen shows that it's automatically switched back to off mode. You remove your goggles. You look around. The dais is the same. Mike is the same. Giant chocolate bar, the same. But mm. pixels in the air are gone. That must have been an incomplete transfer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. So what's going to appear on channel 12? You check the TV. Sitting in the concave spot at the front of the screen, there is an unwrapped square chocolate bar. Uh, yoink. <laughs> you yoink it, you put it towards your mouth, and you realise that part of you is a little nervous by the glowing green numbers. You're a little worried about the level of radioactivity this thing might have. Hey, Mike, want a chocolate bar? <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually eat chocolate. I'm just here to do teleportation. You say that like a joke. That's true. He hates chocolate. Nice. I'm so good. Okay, we take a closer look at this chocolate bar that's also glowing. As far as you can tell, it's just an ordinary one of the square-shaped chocolate bars. I don't know, about an inch thick, brown. Oh, we got to <laughs> shove it into the, oh, the yeah. computer because right. the computer had that weird uh, floppy disk it's, drive. It's a chocolate disk. Yes. <laughs> and if you know anything about the computer from the scene with it in Willy Wonka, the next thing that the scientist does after the computer says, I won't tell it would be cheating, is offer to share with him the grand prize of a lifetime <laughs> supply of chocolate. <laughs> what would I do with that? <laughs> I am now telling the machine exactly what it could do with a lifetime supply of chocolate. <laughs> Good movie, everybody. Okay. You know what? As far as this whole adventure through the factory has gone, you have done weirder things with chocolate so far than stick it into a computer. And it is the exact right size and shape. So hopefully Mike isn't watching you and thinking that you're a crazy person. You slide the chocolate bar into that disk drive. And yeah, it's a perfect fit. And the computer reacts to it. The computer responds. It lights up. There are new messages popping up over the screen. It says, yay, welcome, thank you, thank you. Then they all get wiped and one big new message shows up. Reset active mode to restore laser function. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all over that. Absolutely. You click that, another loading screen, and then one more message. Advised average calories consumed daily. And there's a text box. It looks like it wants you to type some numbers. I type in 75628. You type that in very proudly, press enter, and it rejects it. I'm shocked. What? That's a number. It's calories. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> it just didn't work. Um, okay. Do we see what the calories were on the existing bar? On the little one, no, you couldn't read it. And right, it was super teeny tiny. Yeah, honestly. Can we blow it up somehow? <laughs> this 
far as you know, the laser only works one way. Hmm. Advised average calories consumed daily. Advised. And the other one said advised daily intake in calories versus advised calories consumed daily. I mean, this could be the real one, but that would feel like outside knowledge, which probably isn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just Google it. Good God. We are truly out of things in this room to go and interact with. You are you truly. definitely this are. This is how the laser gets on. Daily intake versus average calories consumed daily. Hmm. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got it, I got it, I got it. Hold on. <laughs> All right, David's big brain moment. Yay! Bring it Seven, home. Five, six, two, eight. And that was advised daily intake in cal. And then we want advised Average advised was seven. Average we don't have, but I'm just gonna blank. Okay, so I'm gonna narrate what David is doing. He is Please. counting the number of letters in the words in the phrase advised daily intake in calories. So yeah. advised has seven letters, daily has five letters, intake has six letters, in has two letters. And calories has eight, and that gives us the seven, five, six, two, eight. So he is now counting the number of letters in the words advised average calories consumed daily. Good job, David. I would have never have gotten that. It would be it's gonna be hilarious when this turns out to be wrong. This is not wrong. <laughs> this is <laughs> that would be the worst coincidence that has ever been written into a puzzle. Worse than pies and holes? <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it worse than that? You know what, PG? Shut your pie hole. <laughs> seven, seven, eight, eight, five. You type that in and the laser comes on at full power. Mike, it is working, you yell. And Mike flashes you a grin. He jumps up and down on the dais, and then he realizes maybe that's a bad idea. He stands perfectly still. There's a blinding flash of light, a sound Engage. like an enormous vacuum. Energize. Then Energize, silence. that's it. <laughs> then there's silence, and you look at the dais. No Mike, no giant chocolate bar, but there are pixels in the air again. That was the sound. Takes a nail-bitingly long time. You're a little bit worried for a moment that what's going to happen is Mike is going to combine with a chocolate bar. But eventually the pixels disappear and images form on the TV. First, a fully formed chocolate bar, regular size now. And then, next to it, Mike. A real physical person. He's moving. He is talking. He's just tiny. Fabulous! He's not too harmed, he's not dead, but he's definitely not harmed enough that he's going to get taken off this factory tour. PG's <laughs> warming up her stomping foot. <laughs> Get the fly swatter ready. PG in the Louis Vuitton combat boots. Oh, I'm stomping. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you feel great now. The only kid left that you have to take care of is Chan. Um... Where is Chan? Where has Chan been this entire time? Hmm. Um, you, you look around. You and Mike are the only ones in the room. Uncertain, you pick up tiny Mike. You stick him in your shirt pocket. Then you feel around the walls and you finally find the door. Poke your head out. Hello? Normally it's around this point in the room, right after something terrible has happened to a child, that Matthew Martin would have reappeared and acted horrified by what's happened and then ushered you on into the next room. Not this time. However, a couple of his peculiar employees stroll past and you stop them to ask what's going on. And they start bobbing their heads in time with each other. And then they sing at you. What do you get after wasting your time? 
an end to the tour and nothing to sign. He always knew you were not a real fan. So the reward will go to Chan, winner of the factory. Your eyes widen. No, 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 no. Oh no, Chan hasn't just disappeared. Matthew Martin took them to name them new owner of the factory, the reward for winning this tour. You cannot let that happen. Because if you do, Matthew Martin will get away with his crimes. What crimes? You race down the hallway, desperately hoping to find the way to an office, an admin area, somewhere a contract might be signed. As you do, you tell Tiny Mike everything. About how, even though you do really love chocolate, you love safety even more. And your boss, Ken Arthur, is head of the Department of Hygiene and Safety and Food Production. And Matty Martin's chocolates and treats have been in his sights for years. There were always rumours, unpaid staff, unsanitary conditions, unlicensed science, but no proof. There was even a tale circulating that this wasn't the first time children had been allowed into the factory, but the first time had gone so disastrously, it was stricken from all records. So Mr Arthur was desperate to bring Matthew Martin down. You were to infiltrate the factory and expose every little danger, every hazardous shortcut that had been taken to keep this place afloat. You noticed pretty quickly how, in every new room, Matthew Martin would say, Now I know what you're thinking, and then talk about how totally, completely safe the room was. But with the tiniest bit of tampering from you, the danger was right back to where it started. Was it your fault Anders fell into the Chocolate River? Or would guardrails have prevented that? Was it your fault Vivian chewed defective gum? Or was that a product being prepared for release without proper testing and approval from outside authorities? Was it your fault Carla fell down a rubbish hole? Or was this a case of improper disposal taking place? And was it really your fault Mike was shrunk? What kind of chocolatier needs a shrink ray? Come on, this is ridiculous. And probably a safety, land and tax violation. But if the factory gets signed over to Chan, your department can only legally prosecute current owners. Your hands will be tied. You have to find Chan and whatever contract they're about to sign and stop that from happening now. I wasn't prepared for this to turn into a legal thriller. <laughs> actually, you've been preparing your whole life, actually. <laughs> David did mock debate mock trial for like 12 years or something. 